to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Masonian Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We're glad you joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Sarah, how are you this week? Good. I want you to give us an update on McMinnville. I saw you were at the Atticus Hotel again. I think it might be one of your favorite spots right now. (laughs) Well, it is one of my favorite spots because I feel like there's not a lot to do right now. And I'm not sure what to do. You know, I'm not really like going all over the place like I would normally do. You know, January and February are my my slower months of the year. So usually we travel a lot and we go around and, you know, see family and do all that stuff. Um, we're not really doing that. So I, I, uh, have some lady pals and we went to McMinnville. Um, my friend's having a hysterectomy. So we had a kick your uterus to the curb party. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, um, we decided to celebrate that. So we all went and, You know, I've stayed at the Atticus a few times before. I really like it. It's right on the main strip of... um, I've been there. That's cool. Yeah, it's a really cool hotel. And um, they have this awesome room that's for... If if you have a group, um, which we did. And so it has like bunk beds like in built into the wall. So it was really nice for a group of ladies to go and we didn't all have to, you know, share beds and stuff. We just had our own, they have little single beds built into the wall. So it was really cool. And it's super sort of like on a train. Yeah. It's exactly like a train car, but it would be like a very luxury train car because they're really, <laughs> they're really nice beds and it's beautifully decorated. But like the nice thing about it is that, you know, you could just stay in the hotel room because it's so nice. You know, there's fireplaces. They have a little gift shop that's run by um, Red Hills Market, which is in Dundee. And they have a gift shop with all like local snacks and wine and things like that. So you can just like, you don't even really have to leave the hotel if you don't want to. You can just kind of hang. And and so that's what we did. We were just there for a night to like be together and hang. And um, it was really nice. And I love McMinnville. It's so cute. It reminds me of Gilmore Girls every time I'm there. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. So I had a great time. I would recommend it to anybody. It's good. And it only takes, you know, 40 minutes or whatever to get there. That's good. From here. Yeah. And then Sarah, we're getting ready for the fancy food show. We're leaving this weekend. You ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Well, I'm, I don't really have anything to get ready because I'm just kind of tagging along with everybody. But, um, but yeah, I'm ready to well, go. Well, it's the first show that we've ever had in Las Vegas. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. There'll be a ribbon cutting at 945 to kick off the show. So everyone should go to that. And then 
in the evening, there's an opening ceremony, which should be fun. It's like a big bash party. Everyone's invited. So we'll have to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see, you know, I was at the fancy food show with you right before COVID when one of, none of us knew that that existed. And I think I was already trying to figure out good ways of like technology, how to like interact with buyers right on the spot. And I was kind of just getting the hang of it. But now I feel like um, there's going to be so much more that's going to be like easier ordering right. and linking things up. So that's really what I want to go check out is like what, what, things buyers want right. from from vendors and like how we can provide that in like an efficient non-touching way like i think there'll yeah. be all kinds of stuff to gain from it so well as a member you can be part of infinite aisle which means your food is for sale on the internet 24 hours a day seven days a week yeah i signed mm-hmm. up for it they sent oh. me a thing so i'm in there but oh, good yeah yeah has anything thought- happened not yet, but I don't know if they opened it yet. I'm not sure if they're opening it when the show starts. I don't know. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe it's already open, but I haven't we'll seen have any action yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited you, about it. So you're a member? Yeah. Okay. So do you send out press releases and stuff? Because that's part of your membership. No, I haven't done anything. I mean, I just, I just got it going okay. right this week because I didn't know oh. about it before. Okay, so maybe next step would be to just write up a press release and say, hey, yeah, on Infinite Isle. That's a good idea. Note to self, (laughs) press release. Yeah, gotta (laughs) tell people what's going on. Yeah, for sure. The story thriving and alive. Yeah. And we have some plans to do all kinds of Vegasy things. If anybody has recommendations for us, send us a message this weekend. <laughs> yeah, maybe it will. I was thinking it would be fun to interview a couple people and put it on the show if we could figure that out. Maybe that would be cool. Yeah, or we'll definitely come back with a list of cool products that we see, cool lady makers. Because oh, that's, that's a good idea. That's the nice thing about when we went last time is that, um, you know, we met all these super rad ladies that then we had on the show. So I'm, I'm, that's going in, right. Yeah, going in looking for some new folks. So, and some of the people that have been on the show are going to be at the show. So, yeah, that's cool too. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to hang with you. Oh, <laughs> <Aw>, shucks. <laughs> well, I'm also excited about our guest today. Oh, me too. We're, I know we're going to talk some canning. So, you know, I'm into it. Uh, I would like to introduce my pal, Shannon Feltis. She's the operator owner of Urban, Arm, Urban Farm Foods. She's all kinds of things, but she's a chef, uh, garden advisor, recipe writer, and more. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Welcome. We're excited to to have you. I want um uh, our listeners to be able to connect to you. So what's the best way for them to find you? Oh gosh. I feel like right now Instagram is where I'm alive and thriving the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. I feel like Facebook is kind of my plug and play that's attached to my Instagram. So realistically, that's the easiest avenue to reach me. I'm on there daily because you got to. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So what's your um your Instagram is Urban Farm Foods, right? Urban Farm Foods. Yep. I try to keep it simple across the board for good. Access, so. That's a good way to do it. It's hard to do. Everybody's got the handles. So it's like they're trying to uh, steal yeah. them from people. Right. That's why I'm urbanfarmfoods.co on a website instead of dot com. They got the dot com. <laughs> 
Oh man, I, that happened to my husband with his podcast, and he oh. was like, "Yeah, have like a underscore instead of a wow." <laughs> I have a story about that. Last, was it last year? I didn't. I didn't listen to my um, GoDaddy emails telling me, "Hey, your thing's running out. Your thing's running out." I'm like, "Oh, it'll be fine. I want." No, they sold it. Oh yeah. no! They well, saved I'll, my. I'll tell I you, to- I'm waiting for that to happen for me because the person that has the urbanfarmfoods.com has it parked. Yeah. And I'm on a waiting list to snag it the minute it comes up. I'm, I'm buying yeah. that thing. <laughs> but why would somebody else want sarahmasoni.com? No. Were you, were you able to get it or no? I finally did get it. Yeah. I also have sarahmasoni.net now. And okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just pay attention to those little emails you get. I know yeah. they're important. They're not messing around. <laughs> not messing around. <laughs> so Shannon, you do all kinds of stuff, and I want to tell everybody about all the things. Of a course. lot of things. But let's just start with you as as a chef. Like, when did you start chefing? Tell us that story. So I started professionally chefing because friends and family aggressively wanted to hire me to do stuff for them because they didn't want to do it. And it really turned out fabulous because they wanted me to do like a dinner party or something for a surprise birthday or something. And it just kind of, it made me feel like I could do that professionally because I've been cooking for all my life. I've been doing food things and started canning first. And that kind of evolved into canning for people in large quantities, like huge, they'd buy cases and cases of stuff. Sarah, you know, like mm-hmm. they're like, I love this one thing. Um, I'm out. So I'm going to restock and buy a ton of cases. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. When it's seasonal, people get really into it. So that kind of spun into cooking more in like a fine cooking setting and teaching canning classes. It's everything is just interwoven all over the place too. It's pretty crazy. So but that was like, I want to say, 2011 or 2012 I really started like I actively created a business name and brand for it because it was being taken seriously so I think that's the where I can earmark my chef business becoming real and tangible is probably like 2012. Well and I think that you know you're a different guest than we would normally have because a lot Mm -hmm. of times we have people that have you know, one product line or something that they're bringing to market. But when I think about you, it's really instead of a um, like commodity, your commodity really is you because you are going and teaching, you know, you're giving people knowledge, you're teaching people, you're doing these pop-up dinners, you're doing private chefing, you're writing recipes, you're doing all this stuff, but it's not, those people have to have you with it. They can't just buy yeah. it on the shelves. I do like that because I'm kind of a package deal. You got to have me come with you. Like I teach classes at a local nursery too. So I like to teach people how to grow their own food and cook their own food, help people do it themselves. But then also like, I really love doing small party dinners and stuff mm-hmm. and things that are special and meaningful. And like, I, I kind of like to be a part of all of that stuff. It feels more personal to me and I think that's the part that I like best is like people sending me pictures of their gardens that I helped them build. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's so cool. It's like watching your kids grow up. They're like, look at this thing I made. Cause you taught me. It's so cool. That's I love it. Very that. sweet. I love it. It's cool. Yeah. I'll start a lot of that stuff too. There's a lot of people not to generalize, but I feel like 30 and younger, they're like wanting those skills back mm-hmm. and they're looking for it everywhere. It's important. 
Well, and I think it's nice that you can give it to them. I know that at the um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I wanted to plant a garden and um, I didn't even really know where to go because a lot of places were closed or I, I didn't want to like go be around people much. So Shannon delivered <laughs> a car full of plants to my yard for me and what? told me where to plant them in my yard. What to do with my favorite. I get a little bossy too. Cause I was like, okay, what do you want to eat? I'm going to bring you X, Y, Z. Here's where you, you should put these two together. This goes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little nuts when it comes to that stuff. No, but, it, that was like the best garden year I had because you did that and you brought things that I wouldn't have planted, which I really liked. Cause I think sometimes people will do that where you just get in the same thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to plant peppers, tomatoes, you know, lettuces and herbs, and you just kind of get stuck. But I think you brought me all kinds of crazy stuff. I love that. I like trying new seeds. So I also do recipe writing and seed testing for, um, can I name drop on here? Is that fine? Yes, okay, totally. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> so Territorial Seed Company out of Cottage Grove. There are local nice. darlings. Mm-hmm. Um, I love going down and going to the seed testing greenhouses and looking at all the new stuff. And when things are like in the height of growing season, I get to see things before it even like becomes a seed that's for sale. So I feel so special and cool to get to see these cool things. Yeah. And let me eat stuff, which is awesome. It's my favorite. So um, a lot of that stuff, when I get to try new seeds and then I love it, then I like want to grow starts and pass it on to friends and like I'm kind of a vegetable pusher. I'm a food pusher too. So like, why not? But that's, I did that with you. I brought you some, like just gone down there the year before. And I was like, oh, I'm so pumped on these. They do so great in our region. And it's cool. Yeah. And you had brought me these, um, like lettuce mats that you just down in the garden and then all the lettuce comes up and I, and they did and they worked and I like never grow anything from seed. I'm always like a start person, but that worked. And then the next year things came back in that same zone. So it's so cool. cool. All of the seeds that they do. Um, I don't think that they have a ton of hybridized seeds. I won't get too crazy nerdy. That's like I'm a plant nerd, probably first and foremost, but, um, a lot of the seeds that you can get like at the grocery store or at certain places, they're like a, a one season and done. Cause they want you to buy more seeds the next mm-hmm. year. It's, you, it makes you want to buy what they have to supply. It's smart yeah. marketing, but, um, territorial has a lot that's reseeds. You can regather your seeds and plant them next year or things that seed themselves and yeah. that aren't invasive, which is cool. So yeah. Yeah. Love- it, it was lovely. I was excited and I'd never seen anything like it. I think, I think those kinds of mats and things are good for people that are apprehensive to plant seeds. Cause I always am like, I don't know. I don't think I'll thin them right. I'll like, so tiny. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. hard to do all the carrot seeds or all the lettuce seeds. They're like just so little, they're intimidating. Those mats are easy for me too. I like to take them and uh, cut them in squares and put them in my window boxes. Cause then oh, yeah. you just real lazy, like planted yourself a salad garden on your porch. Pretty <laughs> awesome. It's- have you, have you ever seen those Sarah Masoni? No, but I was going to ask you, are you going to do that this year? Are you going yeah. to, I think I, I would like to do that. I have a yeah. bunch of them right now to, to um, do tutorials for, for like, if people want unintimidating raised beds, there's one that's um, radishes, carrots, green onions, lettuce, and something else. And you just unfold it and it's already in perfect rows. Like it's the most brag worthy raised bed when you're done with it. Cause you look like you're the most completely OCD organized person that planted this in the most perfect rows. It's so cool. <laughs> but really oh, yeah. right there for you. <laughs> 
last year, my husband put in a beautiful raised garden for me. And I saw your garden. It's impressive. I should just plant those in my garden. You this should. Year. You should try it out, at least in one of your beds and, and just like kind of compare and see yeah. if, if you like it. I'm going to do it. I'll send you the link for it, too, because they have them on their website. They have tons of seed tape, seed mats. Um, yeah, this is not a sponsored ad, but I just love them. So. <laughs> well, but <laughs> let's, through. let's talk about that a little bit, yeah. because you do a lot of um, sponsorship and writing recipes for places. And so how does that work for you? And how do you build those relationships? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is the perfect year to talk about it because I was just having a very introspective moment with myself this last week um, about how lucky I am that like I've been a fan of most of the ingredients or companies or farms that I write for for a long time. Um, Let's see, like, for instance, Spiceology is a huge one. I started with them as a chef rep, um, just telling people I liked what they have and suggesting they buy their products. Um, I'm pretty diehard because all their spices are fabulous and very good quality sourced. Nice. I just, and the team to work with is really great. Mm -hmm. So I think it just naturally becomes a progression of, I like who I'm talking to. This feels like I'm aligning morally, which is huge for me with a company that has, um, same kind of drive. A lot of things align. Then I just kind of feel like eventually if it's meant to be, and if I say, Hey, by the way, I also do this thing if you ever need somebody. And the worst they could say is, no, we're not looking for that. But they don't know unless you say you do what you do, mm-hmm. especially if you have like jack of all trades, Jane of all trades kind of hat like me. Like people don't know all the things you're capable of doing unless you put yourself out there. And with the pandemic kind of shutting down my ability, my my comfort level to cook in people's kitchens and have big gatherings, I felt like just ethically I couldn't do it. And I really needed to do stuff from home. So I really kind of leaned into writing recipes for folks. And it just naturally kind of went in the way of my partnerships that were already companies that I tag a lot in things, or I talk to a lot. I approached it in a way that didn't feel like an influencer because that's not what I am. And it felt, mm-hmm. didn't feel genuine to be an influencer because I want to work for a paying wage. I don't want to work for product. Like I want to be a business person, not influencing. It's a fine line, but it just kind of naturally progressed into one became two. And then I think right now I have about six or seven companies that I'm working with. And that feels like a perfect amount because it's pretty constant, but not overfilling my plate. So it's nice. And it's all different people. And then I get to try all new things and I'm doing, um, I can, I'm working on some Durant projects, which is great because I love working with them. You love them too. So it's like, it's, they're just a local, lovely company to work for too. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's great. Nice. Yeah. Well, and I always know that if I see you post something that it is something that you use. And so just as, um, you know, a friend of yours and somebody who follows your account, I know that if you post things about territorial seed company, I should order their seeds. And so it's just like, you know, I, I also, I got seeds from them. I got stuff from Spiceology. You set me up with them to get wholesale stuff. And it's like, and that's like nice. And that is the difference I think between somebody who's just influencing to get followers or product or whatever, but I know that it's part of your work and I know that you only do it if it's something you're into. 
<laughs> and I, I shout from the rooftops if I love something, even if I'm not, if they're not paying me to make something for them. So mm-hmm. I feel like I can realistically, I think every brand that I'm currently writing for or company that I'm writing for, um, I was already actively purchasing, using, loving, and bragging about what they do and who they are. So I think that came second. Like they were like, Hey, this chick likes us a lot. I wonder if she wants to do something for us. Yeah. And that feels better to me. Cause it's real. Cause people do reach out in the sidelines of your DMS all the time, no matter what you do and ask if you want to do I want to promote string bikinis on my, on my website? You um, do have bathing suits on your website. <laughs> God, it's so, it's, so I, on my website, I do have bathing suits. But they have food on them or knives. <laughs> or chef's knives. Anybody <laughs> want a nice bikini? I got you. So that's like, some of those things I'm like, I'm not a bikini model, sir. You're clearly just DMing anybody with the name like mine. So, but it's, <laughs> There's some folks that do a lot of that stuff and that's more power to them. I just like to really lean into what I use so that people trust what I'm saying. So that makes me happy that like, (laughs) you know, that what I post is what I love. So that's means I'm doing it right. So totally. Uh, Shannon, we're going to take a quick break and then I want to come back and talk about some of the dinners and things you like to do. Okay. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. All right, we're back and let's talk about some of the cooking things that you're working on. I noticed that you have cooking toolkits and you're helping people with meals and training and education. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I started back up very gently dipping a toe back into real life cooking in person again. Um, I am offering some canning classes, which are a little more seasonal. I mean, we can do them right now. It's just a matter of, I really like to do it more farm to table. So like Sarah, you know, like when the things are at the farmer's market, when things are in your garden is when I like to do those. But if folks are like, I really am dead set on a Valentine's day canning thing. I'm like, let's make it happen. Whatever you want to do in your kitchen, I'll help you with. So, um, but pasta class has been one of the cool ones because some folks can, I have the old fashioned hand crank that clip to your counter pasta machines. We make it from scratch and they can choose what they want to make. And then together they all make family dinner And then I pack up and clean up and leave and then they get to enjoy what they did. So it's kind of cool. It's like a, it's like mixing education and catering. And then I get to interact and like, not just feel like the chef in the kitchen. It's, it's more fun for me too. That is fun. Yeah. I love that. What's a a cooking toolkit? Um, let's see. Oh, is that on my website? Yeah. Do you do that? Maybe it's an old thing. Oh, it might've been for a giveaway. Cause I did do a oh. toolkit giveaway. Cause I work with them all the time too. They're my, they're my knife people. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and um, Shannon, I have had all kinds of pickled things that you brought me over the years and um, you get super creative with your canning, which I think is <laughs> awesome. What's your favorite thing to can? Oh gosh. That's, there's so many categories. Um, okay. <laughs> I think we actually met originally in uh, Portland Preservation Society. Yeah, totally. That's kind of like our canning thing. So um, let's see. I love fiddleheads. I'm kind mm. of a sucker for that. I like to, 
Uh, I'm really into the tiny little gherkins lately mm-hmm. over the last Ooh, few yum. years. The teeny tiny pickles are where it's at. Um, my kid will finally eat those. So that's kind of cool. Um, I love a balsamic pickle of <laughs> any kind is my favorite. And things that are like mesquite flavor, like unique things. Um, I can't handle the spice, but I sure do make a mean spicy pickle. So. You One time you gave me some pickles. I think it was when you were doing some classes through the nursery. Mm-hmm. And um, they were these tiny little... They, I would call them maybe something like a bird's beak pickle or pepper and they were red oh, yeah. and they weren't spicy and they were kind oh. of sweet. I love those. Okay. So it's little Bequino peppers. I'm, I'm nearly sure I'm saying that wrong, but um, <laughs> it has a B and I and a Q and an H it's complicated, but they're teeny tiny little, like they look like teardrops mm-hmm. upside down teardrops, I guess, but they're little sweet peppers. And if you just very mildly dill pickle them, the sweetness of the pepper carries through the entire brine and it's crazy sweet, but it also has like that, like a red bell pepper flavor on a tiny little concentrated level. It's so good. I ate them at a restaurant and I was like, I need to find out where these seeds come from. Yeah. I was save the seeds from the peppers on my plate. And my people, the people I was there were they're like, you've lost your mind. That's a weird thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I would do it. But I looked up and found them online and grow them. But there's also a few farmers locally that grow them and a couple that over the years have been nice enough that I'm like, Hey, will you grow these for me? If yeah. I buy them outright, like, well, that's the thing with like the really tiny peppers like that, because I have, I had had those peppers before, but only in New York, I got them in, in a deli in New York that somebody had clearly like done from their farm or whatever. And, um, and I loved them. And then you got them for me. But the thing with the tiny peppers is like, you can't really find them commercially, especially or buy them at the farmer's market or whatever. Cause they just can't pay the people to pick them because they're so no. tiny and they don't make any money. And so you really kind of have to grow those on your own. But now I know what pepper seeds to look for. Cause those were like my favorite that you, that you did. And I think that was a few years ago, but I still think yeah. about them all the time. <laughs> I do small batches of them every year for me personally. And I like hoard them. So I have a, a weird canning hoarding rule. There's a few things that seasonally I can a bunch of, and we save the one jar to have right before we're canning the next mm-hmm. batch for the next oh, season. That's fun. The tradition we do it with tomatoes and um my little tiny Mexican gherkins that look like the little watermelons. I love those. Those are and so then, cute. And then the little um sweetie peppers. They're at a restaurant, I think they were like uh uh sweet pepper sweet drop peppers something like mm-hmm. that but they were like they're yeah. on a shishito pepper dish it was peppers mm. and peppers and I was like this is the best ever so I love I love peppers and peppers <laughs> so the you, local, oh sorry can you tell us I'm changing the subject can you tell us about your food network competing uh competitions oh that you've been in we oh had somebody goodness. else on a couple of shows ago that were also on the food network so oh, I think well, I'm on a roll um, I joke with a couple of my other friends that have done Food Network stuff that we're, the, we're, we're part of the second place darlings club that we didn't win it, <laughs> but we were, we were this close, which is what everybody says. But um, the, I was on Cooks versus Cons, which I don't think is even on anymore, but it was um, uh, season four, episode 12, I think, but you can still find it online places. Pretty funny, but it was like, whether you were um, in a commercial kitchen or whether you were like 
um, a home cook. They There was like the mystery of, they had two real, I'm quoting air quotes, real cooks, and then uh, two pretenders, basically. So it was like me and a car salesman who liked to cook were the pretenders, and then two um, much more established in a kitchen, longevity in a kitchen type folks were the professionals. So it was like they had to guess who was the real cook and who wasn't. It was pretty cool, actually. It was, it was a fun time. Really well. I loved it. It was great. I sign up for so many shows. I always have irons in the fire and I'm always working on casting for that stuff. So <laughs> it's pretty and, cool. And how did that come about that you were on the show? Did you like apply to a casting call or did I they did. find you? No, I've okay. So I have applied to be on Chopped. I think now we're in the 20s. I've applied, you can apply every six months. And I've been applying since uh, before my dad passed away because he dared me to do it. And then he made me promise to keep applying until I got on there. So that casting company saw my application for Chopped and asked if I wanted to be on that show and then kind of shoehorned me into where it would fit with what I do. Cool. And back then I was doing more canning, less chefing. So I think it, it fit as good as it could be. So, yeah, but still applying. And every once in a while, they'll reach out and be like, hi, do you want to be on um, some? Uh, there was a few different shows, but the timing with COVID is not helpful for television right now. No, it's not, is it? <laughs> not at all. You have to like go lock yourself somewhere for months. Um, one yeah. of them was like a five week commitment away and then a week on the front and end for quarantine. And I was like, Oh, I have a child. That's not going to happen at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, keep trying, Shannon. I like your tenacity. Me too. <laughs> I love it. I was going to say you should teach Sarah how to do it because she was lamenting that she missed a call <gasps> or she took the call, but didn't I took realize. the call. I took the call. I didn't realize that it was like an interview. And I really it was for reals. <laughs> I really like really famous. <laughs> I really Ooh. talked him out, talked him out of my skills. I talked myself down. And then no. I like hung up, I hung up the phone and I was like, oh, I went about that all wrong. <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh. Okay, so next time I'll come over, I'll hold up cue cards and you'll you. just spell yourself. I know. Then, yeah, it's gonna be great. I know, man. You'd I be need so it. good on one of those shows, too. It should be great. like a club of people that can sort of help each other so you don't have to have an agent. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of hard, to, you know, and and this actually will bring us into talking about your podcast, Shannon, Ooh, because oh, I think it's kind of hard sometimes to like pump yourself up and like and like take a compliment like this person was like, oh, we saw you cooking on your Instagram. We think you're a chef. And I was like, I'm not a chef. And then I was like, oh, man, like I should have just gone with it. <laughs> I consider but, you a chef. Yeah. I, think you're I consider chef. Sarah a chef for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, ladies. Now I do, too. <laughs> but in the moment, no, I really didn't. I really didn't. It was a long time ago. You know, it was like when I was first kind of starting and I was like, nah, I'm a social worker. You know, I still didn't have that like piece Nash. figured out yet. You hadn't well, taken the other hat off and put on the new hat. I hadn't. I yeah. hadn't. <clears throat> uh, so, Shannon, let's talk about your podcast that you do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Podcasts. We love oh podcasts. Yeah. Let's tell people about it. Um, Sarah's been on our podcast and it's so fun. So <laughs> this, the podcast is a brainchild from, I I want to say right around the first time we ever went to Alt Summit, 
And we saw so many people doing podcasts and we're like, we're pretty funny. My sister and I have a podcast and it's, it's called you are that it is. It came from a really weird rebuttal. We cannot take compliments. And I think that like pretty much, I think all women have done this thing where men too, but I think inherently this is a more female trait, but it's the, Oh, I love, you know, I love your hair. You look so pretty today. Oh my God, you're pretty. Like you, you deflect it with a, ah, I'm feeling uncomfortable in my skin. I don't know how to take that. So we started saying, you are that when they're like, you're so funny. You are, no, you are. So it's like a, it's a slap away compliment thing. So it's kind of funny, but uh, we like to interview literally anyone that we admire or just think are fun or cool or interesting or like we really uh we only reach out to folks that like we respect and admire so it's like part of the thing that we do is we give people truthful very genuine compliments at the end of our show and people forget which is my favorite because then we're like no it's time for compliments they're like oh crap we gotta go i don't want to do this part But, uh, (laughs) but it's genuine if you if you really do admire the person you're talking to and that's the important part so we don't we would never interview somebody that we're like I mean, they're all right. Let's just get them on the show and see how it goes. That's not the vibe of our thing. Yeah. So. That's well, hard. And if people want to listen, I was a guest on episode 38. So yes. you can hear me chat with Shannon and her sister. And I think that is the thing that I really love about your podcast is like, because you and your sister know each other, of course, so well, and you're really fun and you get along and, and you're really kind to your guests. Like it, you get to know the guests too. And, um, and it feels like you're just kind of hanging out with all of you, which is, yeah. which is like what I love about a podcast, you know, is like not, I, I don't want to hear like a lecture, like I want to hang with some buddies. And so that's yeah. what it, that's what it feels like on your show. And I really like that. Um, oh, thank you. And you I think, yeah, Sarah, you should listen. I think you'll enjoy <laughs> it. It's listen. real fun. And I think um, Shannon, I remember at Alt Summit, because I that was the first time I met your sister. Mm-hmm. If people don't know about Alt Summit, it's a conference that would happen. I'm sure at some point they'll bring it back. But yeah. um, but Shannon and, and Bonnie, her sister, and I went there not all together, but we just happened to be there at the same time. And that's when you guys were really forming your idea for the podcast. Yeah. And so it's really cool to have seen it go from an idea that you guys had while you were at a conference and you would, you know, come hang with Dirk and I, and you two were both so excited, which is how a conference should be so you know? excited. where you like have this energy and inspiration and you're yeah. like, we're going to start a podcast. And Dirk and I are like, yeah, start a podcast. And, and Dirk <laughs> was actually there working on his podcast to get it going. Sarah and I kind of had ours in the works. And then like now oh. this is years later, we mm-hmm. all have these podcasts. So we all did it. And that's, yeah. that's like, that's a magical impressive. thing, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Take, to take something from an idea and and do it. Because I think a lot of people, you know, we hear a lot as we're talking to folks about kind of standing in your own way or not not um, being able to thing. do it. It is a scary thing, but we've all yeah. done it. And so congratulations to us. Yeah, <laughs> no oh, and I'm lucky my sister and I have each other because like, we joke that we have like a thousand wild ideas that we'll never do. Like people are welcome to them, but like you have to pay us for our ideas. But uh, <laughs> we we joke about how like the podcast came to be because um, we had the idea of it. And then I'm also kind of an idea bully where like, if I feel like we can get momentum and traction, I'm like, it's, it's our dad's old rule of like, 
don't just sit around and talk about it. Do it. Like, why aren't you doing it already? What's the worst that can happen? If you don't try, you don't know if it's going to be successful. That's great. Very, he was a very good leader for us. So, and I will call people out of the blue that I admire and, or message them on Instagram and ask if they'll be on our podcast. My sister's like, how? And I'm like, I don't know. I just said, what are you guys doing next weekend? Do you want to do this thing? They're like, sure. Why not? Because you never know if you don't ask and people are just people. So like the person you think is the coolest (laughs) on the planet is just a person eating breakfast, just like you. Like it's it's just fun to talk to people. So that's the truth. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Shannon, I know that you did a lot of um, dinners and farm dinners and private dinners and things like that. And have you, has that stopped because of COVID? Have you done any since then? Let's talk dinners. Um, so I am, I am equal parts chomping at the bit to get back into it and scared to death about when this is all going to go back to quote unquote normal. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's wild. Cause like I, I mean, we have immunocompromised people in our family, like lots of people do. It's just a matter of like the fear of the unknown has kind of had me pumping the brakes until it's real all clear. Um, I have had a couple small parties at a couple of venues and I've been kind of a lunatic with making sure everybody is, you know, vaxxed and boosted. And I'm, I'm just for my own sanity, that just has been helpful. So I'll mask myself up and be cooking with my mask on, but folks eating, I just want to make sure everybody's just the safety standard, but like really it's far few and far between right now until I've feel comfortable. So I've kind of really leaned into doing the recipe stuff and teaching folks in their own home in teeny tiny amounts of people instead. Yeah. yeah. I'll go back to it eventually. I miss it deeply. Mm-hmm. Like I miss Feastly because that's where I was really shining and thriving is when Feastly was in Portland and we had the pop-up venue for those of us little guys that don't have a brick and mortar. That was like the coolest location. I mean and it- and is it gone now? Yeah, it left. They they got rid of a few different locations, and I think Portland was the first to go. So mm-hmm. big bummer. I know, especially right now with all the displaced chefs, we need another place like that where mm-hmm. pop-ups can be the thing that help because restaurants are having a hard time right now. So yeah. so what would it what would you need to have a pop-up? Just tables in a kitchen? Yeah. And even Beastly didn't even have like a true commercial kitchen space. They had like all the, the, um, coolers, like countertops and things like that. And then hand washing for sanitation. Like it was all, um, licensable, but you brought your own, like I would bring my own fryers. I would bring my own, uh, induction burners. So it was like real minimal, but like you brought what you needed it wasn't like a big, huge range of the hood situation. So how much time would you normally need? It was like, I think my longest one ever was like uh, a four hour get together, but it, we did a game of Thrones themed dinner and oh it was my. forced out and the table setting, like I go all the way with this stuff. I make it like a party planners dream come true. There's themes and crazy stuff. So, and so how many people would you typically have? 10, 15, Um, 20? I think I maxed out. I like my sweet spot is like under 30. Okay. Like 20 would be like kind of perfect. Yeah. It's kind of nice. It's not, not too many and like enough that everybody can mingle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That sounds really fun. It was such a good time. And it was nice because chefs could like charge what they're worth and 
do their own themes and have like, there was everything from like um, some local chefs that were, that didn't have their own restaurant, but like, I don't know if they were a partner or if they were a cook at a restaurant where the menu wasn't their creation, they would be able to come have their own space with their own fermented foods or all vegan things. Or it was just, it was very cool to see the creativity from folks that did other things for other people. And this was their baby. It was very cool and very inspiring. That was uh, really fun. And I'd partner with them too. We do like crossovers where like maybe uh, I had a pastry chef come work with me and we did a really, really cool brunch. We've done podcast listens where everybody got to come have appetizers and wine and then listen to a podcast together. It was pretty fun. It's just the sky's the limit if you have a venue space that's not limited. It's pretty cool. Well, and I wanted to tell people to look out for sometimes around holidays and events, you'll have um, different like uh, you've done all kinds of things. You've done like <laughs> planter boxes for Mother's Day or um like different platters and things for Valentine's day, like snack boards and things. So um, everybody should follow Shannon's Instagram urban farm foods because she'll post about them. And it's like, whenever she's doing something special, of course she used to be able to go do all of these dinners. And now this is her way to make money. So I think that people should support her and see those because it's always going to be great, whether it's like pickles that you can get or a snack board that you can get or whatever, but this is your way of, you know, supporting your family and, and hanging on through this long pandemic we have going on. Mm. Right. Yeah, definitely. And there's, so I will say at Farmington gardens this year for mother's day, we are planning on doing um, mother's day charcuterie boxes that will be available there with some plant things, We're working out the details on that, but that's one partnership for charcuterie stuff. So yeah, there's uh, a lot of little things in the wheelhouse in the, in the works and, and what's happening. So if you follow along, that's probably the best place to see the updates. <laughs> cool. And and at Farmington Gardens, do you work there or they're like a partnership with for so you? So I do classes, like I'm a contract employee from for them. So like we go over the year, we just got done with our yearly planning actually not long ago of what we're going to do for the entire 2022 season. So it's everything from seed starting to fruit tree pruning and, uh, companion planting. Um, if you have like a condo with a terrace and not a full garden, we do like vertical gardening classes. So there's a lot of stuff. It's where I get to like teach people how to be creative with their gardens. That's my, my fun That's base cool. over there. Yeah. So people should check that out. Farmington Gardens has an Instagram and then you can find their link to their um, website, but Shannon's always doing cool stuff there. Uh, if people want to book your canning classes and um, pasta classes, how do they do that? If you go to urbanfarmfoods.co, there is um, all the way at the bottom, there is a scheduling, uh, a booking button. You can just click on there and see what dates are available and then pretty flexible. So if folks just, you know, pick their date and then message me, we can work out the details and go from there. That's awesome. Perfect. Um, we always like to ask ways that the community can support you right now. So what do you need from us as your listeners and um, fellow community members? Oh, man. I would say right now I am loving, I'm enjoying uh, the amount of people that have, I've gotten some more followers on Instagram and I didn't used to be a follower collector, but I think it does help a business 
especially with the way social media like shows you to your friends now and things like that. Just just putting it out there so that when I can emerge back into cooking and doing things on a grander scale, more people know about it. Just having, just sharing and, you know, talking to me about what you do in your garden and things like that. That's, that's what would boost me and help me out. It's, it feels good to interact with my community more. It has an impact on whether you're going to make it on the food network too. Ah, that's true. That's a good point. (laughs) Make sure you have the followers. And well, I'm just talking to myself on Instagram, you know, it's nice to be able to talk with everybody else. So. <laughs> and you're always a good responder. Like, I know if I send you a message, I'm going to get a message back, like within an hour, for sure. <laughs> I love to talk. It's my thing. <laughs> That's your jam. Yeah. Well, I love it because usually I'm like, oh, I have a question. I bet Shannon will have the answer. And then I'm just like, I love that. There's no question too weird, too, because I love the weird questions. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm such a nerd. I probably know or I know somebody who knows so I can get you an answer. <laughs> Especially with plants and food plants, man. Yeah, that's good. Do you have any advice for people who are dreaming up a business? Ooh, dreaming up a business. Let's see. I would say think out your plan, get your gears rolling, like get your ducks in a row, but don't, don't hesitate to pull the trigger on it if you're prepared to do it. Like if you feel like you're prepared, don't just sit on it. Mm -hmm. Like if you are in a position to do business for yourself and it feels right, don't, like you said, don't get in your own way. Just if you're thinking about doing it, don't be scared, just do it. Because the sooner you do it down the line, you'll be like, look at all this time I wasted dreaming of this thing and I hesitated. You won't have that feeling if you just, just try, just try it. Just go for it. Yeah. Well, and it's going to happen, you know? I, I think you're a good example of, um, you know, you started this business as a big umbrella as like yeah. urban farm foods. It could meet a lot of things and you have been able to kind of shifted and melded and pivoted and do all this stuff to still keep it going based on like the world totally changing. But um, but you can offer all these things and services to people. So I think that if you wouldn't have had anything started, that would have been a lot more difficult. But since you yeah. did, you could just kind of change it around to fit the world right now. I'm lucky I knew that I was already indecisive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause then you could make it anything. <laughs> well, on your website it says sew it, grow it, eat it. And that's a call to action. So that's pretty yeah. cool. That's it's pretty the cool. Sew it, grow it, pick it, eat it. You gotta do, yeah. do all of you gotta put your work out there and then you kind of reap what you sow. It's like the little red hen mentality, you know, like just mm-hmm. you do all the work and you get the good back from what you put out there. So well, Shannon, I think that that is exactly what you do. And I think you're an inspiration to people out there because you make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you could come on the show today and we could help Me tell too. people about you. Everybody should check out Shannon and what she's got going on. Go to yes. Urban Farm Foods to find her. Oh my and gosh. You thanks. guys, thank you so much for having me. Seriously. Oh, you're welcome. I love this. And everybody, please ask me your garden questions. This is the season for it. What do you want to grow? Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> she she will help you. Take it from me. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. Find us on your favorite podcast platform, including iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a DM at our Instagram, Missoni and Marshall. And we'll be back the week after next. Thanks for joining, everybody.
Bye. Bye for now. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisher folk, and ranchers, by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.